0: It's uh, Ephesians 3 is where we'll start. Ephesians chapter 3, starting with verse 1. On, found on page 950 of your pew Bible, if you want that, or we'll have it on the screen and walk through that way. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for your written word. Speak to us in the power of your spirit to, to show us that that part of your plan we need to know and the, the role that we play in it we give ourselves to you in the name of jesus we pray amen you know uh, nate started playing a little football now he had his first full weeks so now he's got his playbook you know and so he had all these plays for this you know sixth grade team and uh i said well nate what position are you going to play oh, i don't know well if you're a lineman you really don't need to know all these details you just gotta know if it's a run play or a pass play and the, basically the general direction of that play. And if you know that, then you know the guy you're supposed to go hit, you know, and go do it. But if you're in the skill positions, quarterback, receiver, running back, you, you gotta know the details of the plan. You can't just know, well, it's a run to somebody to the right. You've got to know who is going to get the ball. And exactly, is it the guard-tackle gap? Is it a round end? What are the details? The skill positions have to know those details in order to carry out the plan. And what we find in our passage that we're um, about to look at is the skill position. Who are these skill positions? Chapter 3, starting with verse 1 on 950. Hear the word of the Lord. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind, as it has now been revealed to His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of His power. Although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that He has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in Him. I pray, therefore, that you may not lose heart over my sufferings for you. They are your glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The first skill position is Paul. As Paul reveals to us, he is the one that has been given the mystery. mean, those first few verses, uh, he's a prisoner for Christ Jesus for the sake of the Gentiles. He's been given a mystery that's now been made known to him by revelation. A mystery that was hidden from people before. It's a mystery that he is called to take to the Gentiles. Now, let's remember, the Gentiles are those, you know, in, in the first century, there were two kinds of people. There were the chosen people, the people of Israel, or there, and there was everybody else. And the everybody else was called Gentiles. And that everybody else were those that were separated. They were on the outside. They, they were the dangerous ones. They were the scary ones. They, they were the ones that were even hated. I mean, prayers of the gatherings of the faithful of, uh, would pray, Dear God, thank you for not making me a Gentile. Yeah? They were the ones on the outside. And now Paul, his position is to be the one to take this mystery of God to them. Now, what is this mystery? We're told in verse 6. That is... The Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. He, he, he actually is referring back to the whole section from chapter 11 through 21 or 22 that you all know very well because I preached on it back in January. So just refer back to that and I'm sure it will come flying back to your minds. But if, for those of you that weren't here... Yeah, <laughs> for those of you that, that weren't here, one, if you want to know the detail, you can go get it on the, uh, the web. But the basic point of 11 through 22 is that the mystery of God revealed in Christ through the Spirit to Paul is that the Gentile and the Jew in Christ will become a new humanity. That the blood of Christ, the, the cross in which Jesus died is the one that destroys all dividing walls. There is no cross that destroys just the dividing wall between me and God. In one fell swoop, the blood of Jesus, if you go, if you don't believe me, go back and read to 11 through 18, but I'm not going to preach two sermons. Well, I usually preach three or four, I know, but not purposefully. There is no cross that only destroys one wall. The gospel is the gospel that destroys the dividing walls between me and God and me and you and you and anyone else you see. And so, if you're living a gospel that's just you and Jesus, you are not living the gospel of the the Bible. You are living a false gospel. If you have limited the gospel to just me and Jesus, then you have limited the good news of Jesus. You have limited the very power of God. The mystery that Paul revealed was that it wasn't that the Gentiles who were on the outside were, you just got to become like one of us who are Jewish the mystery that Paul is revealing here is that the, the Jews, those who were near, and the Gentiles, those who are far, don't that they become a third race, a new humanity. And that's what he's saying here in verse 6 too. That the Gentiles don't just become us, we become one with them. That all who are in Christ are fellow heirs, fellow members, and shares in the promise in Christ. Really, you lose some in the, the, from going to, to Greek to English here because it's actually just three words. And it's, it, it is with, with heirs, with members, with sharers, or, or co-heirs, co-members, co-sharers, one right after another to say that you now, if you are in Jesus Christ, you are a new humanity no matter what. The individualism of our age that, that, that that pervades even within the church is really a sin. There is no, well, I can, I can worship God in my own home. I can, I can be the church on the golf course. Sorry. That's a lie. That is not the gospel. Because they are intertwined, our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And obviously, the segregation of our churches along race, along economics, along generations, is a sin. It it is a denial of the very power of the blood of Christ and the cross upon which He died and the very plan of God that is revealed here Paul makes that clear to us. That this is a part of, in verse 8 then, the boundless riches of Christ. The boundless word, boundless as a word is, is typically used of meaning untrackable. Like if you're, you're trying to hunt down a prey and you just can't do it. You never can get Sasquatch or the deer or whatever. That's the fathomless, bottomless grace of God. That it, it, You never can find the end of it. It is so grand that it is able to take people that are so diverse as Jew and Gentile in the first century and make them one in Him. So what does that mean for us? It means that our identity, our allegiance in every way does not depend on our last name, does not depend on our nationality, our regional origin, our ethnicity, our generation, nor our place in life. That I am not primarily identified as a Smith, nor an American, nor a Southerner nor a man in his 40s with a father of teenagers. I am identified primarily as one who is in Christ, and anyone else is identified in the same way. And if we let any other identity trump that, we are in sin. That is the mystery that Paul reveals to us as the Gentile and the Jew become one. now that 's his job as a skill position of revealing that truth to us now, verse ten, the next skill position, and since it 's sort of like Paul you know on the football field, uh, usually uh, coaches will shuttle in like receivers, wide receivers and and they'll they 'll get the the play from the coach and they 'll take it to the huddle, and then in the huddle they 'll give it to the whole team well paul 's like one of those receivers well now. Who's got the skill positions to carry it out? Verse 10. So that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Did you get that? Through the church... Through the ecclesia, through the ecclesia is a secular term. It's used for church, but it just means gathering through the people who gather together. In the first century, there were ecclesias at the town hall. There were ecclesias at the park. There were ecclesias for a party at, at your house. It was just, just meant gathering. But in Paul's language in the New Testament, it becomes pointed to say the gathering of those who are identified by Jesus. That the gathering of those who are this new race, who are this new humanity, you are the ones that are the skilled positions. It is now through our gathering, through our relationships with one another, through the gathered community, not the programs, not the sermons, not the worship services, but through the relationships with one another that this mystery is demonstrated. That's the the play that we have to carry out is be in radical unity in Christ. And it gets even better. Because who's the audience? We are given the responsibility of living out this radical unity so that the principalities and powers of the heavenlies might see the multicolored wisdom of God. That's actually the exact translation of the word. Now, in Paul, those authorities and principalities are almost always negative. Later in verse 6, he makes it explicit that those authorities and powers are the principalities and powers of the spiritual realms that oppose the very purposes of God. So we're on the playing field, and who's in the audience? The devil and his demons. The principalities and powers of evil of this world are the ones in the stands who are looking at us to see how we reveal and show the very multicolored, faceted wisdom of God. That's the skill position that we are in. It's not just. I mean, Jesus said that... Other humans will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. So granted, there, there is, from the words of Jesus, in our relationships with one another, as we connect to one another across race, generation, economics, in Jesus, we demonstrate to the world the love of God. But now, do you realize, as well, we are demonstrating that to the principalities and powers? Peter says something similar in 1 Peter 2, where he says... The angels are looking down upon us to see the glory and mystery of the the gospel. So it's we are on stage, on the field, to reveal this to the principalities and powers. It's these principalities and powers who have been at work providing, egging on, tempting, leading the ways of division. And we, in opposition to their very purposes, now are moving forward in the power of His Spirit to show that unity. It's a it's a foreshadowing of what we talked about last week. You know, last week we said the mystery that Paul was revealing was that a day will come in the end when all things, everything, will be subsumed and brought together and laid at the feet of Jesus. Well, do you realize that we as church are a foreshadowing of that event? We are a demonstration to the devil that indeed, in our unity, in our relationships with one another, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And a day will come that He will return and all of the cosmos will be His. That's what we live out. We are in the skilled positions. Now, we... uh, Because... It's, it's important to recognize that, that we're being a multicultural, multiethnic, multifaceted fellowship of Christ that demonstrates the multifaceted wisdom of God is not just a nice option, but it is intricately tied in the very purpose of the church of Jesus Christ. We are in this skill position. And you know what? It's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, if indeed we are demonstrating to the very powers the very things the powers don't want to see, don't you think those powers are going to oppose us? And it's simply just not, just ask the the teenagers that went to Hungary. It's a hard thing to live in another culture for two weeks, isn't it? Yeah, you got food, you got language, you got issues, things you don't understand. It's just, it's a whole lot easier just to come home, just be with the people I know and the people that I'm like. It's just a natural tendency. So it is not easy. You know, Chesterton, G.K. Chesterton had it right. Christianity has not been tried and found lacking. Christianity has been found hard and therefore not tried. So we make a gospel that is individualistic. Just me and Jesus. Instead of the gospel that Paul was charged to reveal to us of the mystery that we get to live out. So please don't think it's going to be easy as we continue to seek to connect with one another in Jesus across race, economics, generation, anything else the devil will throw up to try to divide us so that we do not demonstrate the multifaceted wisdom of God. And just know this, that it's in the works now, in the the fall, to have a, a small group experience Developing a curriculum for uh, 40 to 45 people who will be leaders of that small group experience for the church come January. So, this fall, we're going to, we're asking God for 45 people who will be leaders of small groups in in the church, who will go through this, uh, this training, this practicing of what it means, using a lot of the the listening for heaven's sakes, uh, using a lot of simply God's word. What does it mean? What does it take? How do we learn our skills in our skill position? How do we learn the routes we need to run? How do we strengthen our arms so that the throw can be right on? we doing that this fall with 45 and then come January, February, we're we're praying that the whole church, that everyone will be in need of of practice to to learn how to listen to those that are different and then how to, to live it out. Now what I want to share with us now is a little, not too little, it's rather lengthy. But this presents, attempts to present how God has been honoring this promise. How God has been revealing to us His manifold wisdom. How He's been revealing to the principalities and powers His manifold wisdom through the church, through the real live human beings. Now a church, again, it's not building or programs or it's people who are followers of Jesus. And what, what this video tries to present and show is the ways that God in all His glory has done that and some of the ways that maybe we have failed. But how God will reveal His purposes. God will carry out His plan. And the church will be the ones to demonstrate to the world and the principalities His multifaceted, multicolored, His polygon of wisdom.